Welcome to the fourth episode of our podcast series. Today, I'm beyond excited to interview uh, Nikos Nakos today. Together with uh, three other uh, Greek uh, peers, Nikos founded uh, I Am Expat Media, which is the leading online publisher and event organizer uh, for the expat community in uh, the Netherlands and, uh, and Germany. So besides, uh, Nikos is also an alumna from the Strategic Entrepreneurship uh, Master Program. Uh, so again, a very uh, inspiring guest uh, to feature in our uh, podcast series. And so perhaps uh, as a starter, I'd like to tell you to, to ask you to tell me a bit more about your own personal background. Definitely, definitely. At least thank you very much for the invitation. Uh, as I said earlier, it's a great initiative. Uh, good to talk to to you and to be part of this um, uh, podcast series. Thank you for the intro, but I could, you know, I could also make a brief intro about uh, myself. I'm originally from um, from Greece, and I arrived uh, in the Netherlands uh, in 2007. So it's been uh, it's been a while um, when I, I made this uh, this step. I decided to to go uh, to come to the Netherlands uh, in order to start uh, my international. Um, journey so uh, from the very young age I was curious to um, you know expand my horizons and you know meet uh, meet new people and uh, after um, after completing my studies in uh, in Greece I also had um, a short work work experience uh, I was already looking uh, for options uh, to, to go abroad mm-hmm. uh, back then I found out that the best um, way to uh, get to know a new culture uh, and to uh, start a new life was um, being part of the uh, international student community. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So I decided to, to join the, uh, the master's program in, uh, in Rotterdam. Uh, the, the name of the master's back then was uh, Master in Entrepreneurship, a new, uh, a new uh, business venture. Mm-hmm. And I uh, was excited uh, with the program. So um, Maybe maybe it's good to to mention that um, I wasn't uh, particularly interested in any studies. Uh, I my, I started business and technology in in Greece, and I I I, I was I feel kind kind of fulfilled with my studies. I said okay now, you know I don't need more studies. I, I was I felt ready to 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 go work or you know like uh, uh, doing something productive in in my in my mind back then um, but I found this program uh, quite appealing uh, because you know I was intrigued by back then already you know internet concepts startups which was uh, quite you know the, the beginning especially in Europe of uh, internet social media and so on so I was very intrigued to, to learn more and uh, my dream was to start my own business so um, this master program fit all the, all the criteria plus it was in a country that I was uh, very curious to learn more about. Uh, the Netherlands was, uh, you know, everything I was reading about the Netherlands, was, uh, you know, like, okay, cool. that's a cool place to be, uh, interesting culture to get to know. And uh, RSM was a top university. Mm-hmm. So that's how I decided to, to come to the Netherlands and join the, the master program. Mm-hmm. So you, um, yeah, you, you talked a little bit about your, your motivation also to do sort of entrepreneurship studies. Were you also interested in entrepreneurship at a very young age? 
Uh, yeah, uh, you know, it's funny because uh, last summer I was um, doing um, a move <laughs> from my uh, apartment uh, in in Athens. So I, I found some um, old books, old stuff I had as uh, as a kid. And um, I found out that uh, I had a pack of magazines um, that were about science and, you know, all kinds of te- technological inventions. And uh, I had a notebook writing ideas. Mm. So even if I was not, uh, you know, like I, I like technical professions, professions in general, but in the end, I ended up starting business and, uh, and technology, of course. Uh, you know, I wanted to understand technology, but uh, I wasn't the type of guy that could, uh, you know, like uh, build something. Um, I found out I was, yeah, from an early age, I was curious to um, uh, and intrigued by new ideas and technologies. Mm-hmm. And that was in, the, in an earlier stages of my school years. And then uh, during my bachelor, I, my, one of my favorite courses was entrepreneurship. So this is when, uh, this is when I think I, I did my first business plan during my bachelor. And then writing business plans was uh, kind of uh, my favorite thing to do during the studies. Cool. So where did you write your business plan about? It was uh, in. It was about twenty years ago, I think. My okay. first business plan. It was. This I think it was about a concept similar to Netflix. I think. Oh, okay. We, it was kind of uh, you know back then we had uh, uh, like uh, yeah like uh, video cassettes and um, kind of we were trying to. It was in the phase that everything was uh, turning digital, DVDs and so on. So we we're like. Um, building a shop to get online uh, uh, series uh, movies and something like that mm. <laughs> but of course it was a, it was a, it was a university project but still we were like really fascinated about that <laughs> yeah cool cool and then you um, yeah you, you you finished your your bachelor studies in, in, in management and uh, technology then you first started working at uh, Germanos right that's correct yeah so Germanos, uh, for the clar- to clarify for the listener, it's um, a retail group and uh, focused on uh, battery manufacturing, right? Um, yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm trying to find the equivalent in the Netherlands. Yeah, it was something like Bold.com, but in a, with physical uh, presence, like physical stores back. Yeah. So, uh, you know, they were selling all kind of uh, things, um, uh, mobile devices, uh, phones, uh, batteries. And I, I was in the... I was involved in the, in the logistics department, the purchasing department, and I uh, was um, responsible for uh, importing uh, like batteries and different devices from uh, all, all different uh, suppliers that we had uh, back then. Okay. Uh, you were also sort of involved with the internationalization of the company? Uh, definitely. That was really, uh, th- that was very interesting to me, like talking to different uh, suppliers in China, the company had suppliers from Germany and France, Belgium, I think. So it was, uh, you know, like I was very curious to, I was, you know, of course, excited to talk to uh, different, you know, people, mm-hmm. uh, but also arranging um, those shipments. So it was, it was a great experience, you know, requiring a lot of reporting skills and communication. Uh, so it was uh, really good, I think, uh, first uh, work experience. It was uh, also the continuation of my internship. 
Mm-hmm. So yeah, I developed good relationship with uh, my managers there, and uh, it seemed that uh, yeah they liked me and they uh, brought mm-hmm. me on board after my studies as well. Wow, congrats on that! That's uh, pretty interesting. And and then you um, yeah you moved to the Netherlands, um, so you uh, you went to do uh, to do entrepreneurship. You uh, yeah you just also uh, briefly described how you uh, uh, yeah it was a big adventure for you as well, right? Uh, coming to this. Uh, yeah, international uh, to gain this international experience. How did you? How do you look back at your study time at uh, Erasmus? What are some of your your favorite memories there? Oh, it was it was amazing arriving in Rotterdam. Uh, you know, I didn't know exactly what to expect. You know, Rotterdam is uh, quite different than the other uh, typical Dutch cities. It's uh, so modern, and uh, you know, uh, I think I spent the first week. Just going around the city, uh, walking mainly, and then uh, or not? No, I think during the during the second day, I think I got a bike or something like this. So <laughs> I think I immediately got a bike uh, and start cycling around. So um, you know, I, I I still strongly remember these first weeks mm-hmm. in in Rotterdam. Mm-hmm. I arrived about two weeks before the the start of the program, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we had all, have also great memories from the first few weeks of the program because um, I'm not sure if it's the case right now, but uh, we had like a, an induction week full of activities. Uh, so it was, um, you know, for me, like this, um, uh, this way to build the community of students and groups of students, bringing all, bring, bring all the different students from uh, different countries together all, uh, by doing activities was something new. Mm-hmm. And it was also a great way to, um, a great introduction to the Dutch culture. Yeah, exactly. You did a lot of sightseeing through uh, through Rotterdam. I mean, I can uh, remember from my own experience that it was indeed a, a great uh, great introduction. And you also learn uh, learn to get uh, people more on the informal side. Definitely, uh, definitely. Yeah. And uh, you know that's part of the Dutch culture. Also, be also informal, and uh, you know, at the end of the day, you mm-hmm. drink a beer, mm-hmm. you chill. You know, you have more more time to get to know each other. So it's it's it was. Uh, it was quite nice. Uh, cool. Yeah. Nice experience. You know, also for, for me, it was the first uh, international experience. So uh, I felt I needed something li- like this mm-hmm. to feel more comfortable. Right. So you, you, you traveled there by yourself. You didn't have peers from your previous uh, bachelor studies. To... Uh, actually, actually not. Uh, you know, Panos, who is the, Panos Arlans, who is the co-founder. Yeah. Was my, you know, my buddy also the, at the university years in, in Athens. And we kind of took the decision together and we, we both got accepted to the same uh, master. So, you know, I was um, uh, lucky enough to come with, uh, with a very good friend of mine. Uh, so I had, I had a solid base mm-hmm. <laughs> to, to start a solid friendship and also, you know, like... Um, uh, co-students uh, at, the, the, at the program, so it was uh, it was quite convenient. <laughs> cool, yeah. And what was your uh, what was your relationship like with uh, with Panos? Um, so you you know him from a long long time, and then you started to uh, found this uh, this company. 
Yeah, uh, but very, very uh, with Panos, we have very uh, similar mindset. So we're, 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 we share a fr- friendship for many, many years, but we have also, since the university years, we have been working together, like in projects. So mm-hmm. I think uh, many similarities in, uh, in, the, in the mindset and the ways of working as mm-hmm. well. So we have this uh, kind of relationship. Mm-hmm. Cool. And then, um, yeah, you, uh, you graduated from your, from your master's studies. And uh, yeah, you began you began working as a market supply manager uh, for the Nordic markets and also Switzerland at uh, Jago. Uh, for the for the ones who don't know uh, Jago, it's actually one of the largest uh, world's largest producers of spirits and beers. Um, so I'm interested. Um, why did you start working there? What was it like working for that company? Yeah, uh, one one step back was uh, b- before before joining the Azio. It was like um, again, uh, what drove my decision was uh, location again. So my uh, my goal was to after spending one gr- uh, great year in Rotterdam and uh, experiencing Rotterdam and also of course a great program. Mm. Uh, then I wanted to uh, go to Amsterdam. Uh, the reason is um, I want to also have a more complete experience of the country uh, and definitely I want to, to live in the capital and of course Amsterdam uh, is the uh, most international place of the country so I want to be there mm. and um, again like as a, as a way to do that it was I needed you know a job uh, and um, by looking at the market back then, you know, of course, of course, we were uh, we're all alumni from uh, RSM in entrepreneurship. So the first step was was okay. Can we start something right now? Mm-hmm. Or what are the um, employment uh, options for for us mm-hmm. being graduates of entrepreneurship? And that was a very tricky part, I have to say. Mm-hmm. Graduating from uh, entrepreneurship, uh, it's it's not straightforward about what to do next if not starting a, your own company, you know. <laughs> so, um, uh, you know, it was uh, where I was doing a research about, you know, like uh, looking at uh, different venture capital firms, investment mm-hmm. groups and um, mm-hmm. kind of business development uh, positions. But it, it was it was tricky. It was mm-hmm. tricky for me to find, and there were not uh, enough, I think, uh, possibilities back then. Mm-hmm. So what made sense to me was to uh, look for something uh, related to my prior work experience, which was in logistic purchase, purchasing uh, and so on. And uh, that's how I landed this, uh, you know, this uh, this job at Diageo. Uh, and uh, I have to say that, uh, you know, I, I will be, I will sound a bit biased today, but I, I only, I mainly have great experiences, uh, you know, in the Netherlands and also in, in, in different phases of my life. So um, at the Agile, I had a great time. Uh, it was uh, a, a great, um, a very international um, company uh, with a great vibe, young people from all over the world. And um, mm-hmm. you know, challenging, challenging job, but uh, challenging enough for me to keep keep me going and uh, keep me motivated. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, yeah, because uh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So you worked in uh, the, the Nordics and and Switzerland. Um, so you you um, um, can you please describe how how these these cultures differed and what attracted to you to these countries? Well, my uh, my markets were very predictable. In a, in a very unpredictable, uh, you know, uh, economy and um, like kind of uh, uh, supply chain world, I was lucky enough to, to be to be handling very predictable markets. Uh, the reason is that the Nordics have a controlled, a governmental controlled alcohol consumption system. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the stores there are, um, as I said, controlled and they operate specific rules. So there are specific places where you can uh, buy alcohol. So in that sense, um, it was quite predictable to the needs of these countries were quite predictable. And that was part of my job to make sure that these countries have uh, enough uh, booze, you know, enough, <laughs> enough supplies and doing the forecast and everything. And uh, Switzerland, uh, Switzerland was uh, was also uh, similar. Mm-hmm. So I think there was a reason back then, and I realized it later. That's why they grouped all these uh, these different countries together. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, yeah. So and you know also talking to um, talking to people to to the, to the country managers uh, in Sweden. I remember in, in Denmark. You know, like a professional uh, communication style, mm. not not extremes. So mm-hmm. it, was, uh, it was it was quite nice. Yeah, cool. Meanwhile, you stayed in touch with uh, Panos. He was uh, my flatmate. Your flatmate. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, from there you uh, you gradually uh, uh, founded. Uh, yeah, you, you founded uh, I am Expat Media at the end of two thousand nine, right? Yeah, yeah. I, it sounds simple. Of course, there's a whole, uh, uh, you know, like um, idea uh, generation phase and a lot of triggers from the environment. You heard me saying already um, many times the word international. The reason I moved to Amsterdam, uh, I mentioned that about Diage as well. It was very international. So, um, yeah, we were in a, in a community of internationals. Mm. And... Um, yeah, maybe you have more questions about that, but this is kind of what triggered the uh, the start of IMX. But but mm-hmm. maybe you maybe you want me to be more specific about that uh, later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can discuss it now as well. Um, so you, you've co-founded, uh, yeah, you you, you uh, co-founded it with uh, three uh, three friends from yours. Uh, so so panels and uh, um, who are the other uh, faces of the company? Yeah, so uh, Sergius is the third co-founder, Sergius, Sergius Haralabos. Uh, he likes to be called Sergius. Uh, and Panagiotis, uh, Panagiotis Dionysopoulos is the fourth uh, co-founder. I'm sure you know by now that they're all, we're all Greeks, uh, judging from the <laughs> names. Yeah, we all met, uh, besides Panos that I knew, I knew him before, we all met in the Netherlands while uh, studying. Mm-hmm. We actually met in Rotterdam. So we were already friends for a couple of years. Oh, okay. And, and meanwhile, you just stayed in touch also during your uh, previous That's right. job. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And but how did you stay in touch? What did you discuss? Because in then moving, uh, founding your own uh, company. 
uh, I mean, you you need to have some some uh, common interest, right? Definitely, definitely. We are all entrepreneurial-minded uh, people. We still are, <laughs> and uh, that's one. The second characteristic is that we were all part of uh, this community of um, mm -hmm. of uh, international people, uh, also Greeks. You know, like Greeks stick stick to each other. Um, but also, you know, it didn't matter if we're uh, Greeks, Italian, um, Americans. We you know it's. Um, we felt we we had a lot of things in common, and uh, being uh, abroad as an expat, you learn to rely on your friends. Mm. Uh, your friends are all you have. Mm -hmm. Family is not nearby, mm. and you are uh, definitely more open to trust mm -hmm. and rely on friends because you, you need you need this uh, this network uh, close to you to support you. Mm -hmm. And um, so we, you know, like hanging out a lot together and discussing various ideas. And um, mm -hmm. uh, so uh, I think the base, that was the base, you know, mm -hmm. of uh, the, um, the foundation. So the foundation was the, like the friendship we had, uh, similar mindset mm -hmm. and the situation we were in. Mm -hmm. And uh, at the beginning, uh, uh, we were, uh, you know, we, we started discussing. Do you want me to go further about how we came up with the idea? Yeah, that would be great. Yeah. Yeah. So um, the idea first was to do something for Greeks only. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so let's say we tested the whole uh, platform and um, content creation. Uh, believe it or not, creating a website for Greeks in English. Okay, we had the, um, we created the website which you won't find it right now. Uh, it's it was called Greek Expats, mm. Greek, Greek Expats in the Netherlands. Okay, so um, we had the uh, we had the ambition back then that uh, we will create a website uh, in English called Greek Expats in in the Netherlands, but the website will be open for everyone because it's in English. Mm -hmm. And I remember myself uh, going uh, to my colleagues in Diageo because we did that while we had other professions, other work. Mm -hmm. So we would, it was like a side, you know, it was just a side project. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, we're expecting people to join the, uh, and access our website regardless of their nationality. But the brand name was Greek Expat. Mm -hmm. So I think that was, uh, you know, for a period of two or three months, Mm -hmm. And then, of course, we realized that, uh, you know, we, uh, we have a, a much wider uh, ambition mm. and goal to include everybody because that was, that was the initial goal, but the brand name was confusing people. <laughs> so immediately, yeah, like um, I think after three or four months, which was uh, a learning period for us because we, you know, we, we, you know, we create the content, we create the first platform. Mm -hmm. Then we did a uh, rebrand into IMXPAD, we changed the identity and everything. So it was a whole process. Mm -hmm. And that's how it started as a side mm. uh, activity for, for most of us. Mm -hmm. Why did you uh, want to make it public um, also to non-Greeks um, when you had this website uh only for the, the Greek expats in Netherlands. Uh, why we made it public to other people, you mean? Yeah. 
it was, um, you know, it was, um, that's, that's, that was our goal to, to do something for internationals. But back then we, we thought we should call it Greek expats. But it, so there, there was um, definitely uh, a misalignment there with, uh, with our mission and the brand name. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that's, how, that's why we immediately, let's say, pivoted to something, uh, something different that uh, made more sense. Mm-hmm. And, and what were some of the clues that you, um, you needed to, to take this broader um, audience uh, we wanted to make it broader because um, uh, it was a, a more sound business uh, proposition. Mm-hmm. We didn't want to limit uh, ourselves to a small community of uh, Greek experts. It mm-hmm. didn't make sense. It would be just a blog or, and that's it. So for, for us, we wanted to, to expand. And um, it was also our mission, you know, because... This idea came uh, not by uh, not because we uh, we want to help our, our network. Our, our network was considered of consisted of international people, and we want to make some, something relevant to all uh, all our friends, all our network. So yeah, that's that's why we took the yeah this mm-hmm. decision. Okay, cool. Uh, and and how did that sort of then uh, evolve? So um, yeah, you. Uh, were there other websites? Yeah, other? we did, um, you know, from the very beginning, uh, two things were clear to us that uh, we need to create a community around what we're doing, one. And two, we needed to, to be business-minded and oriented uh, in a sense where all business, uh, all, all we all had background uh, in business studies. So... Um, we knew that if we want to sustain it, uh, make it a, a solid business, we need to uh, come up with a revenue model. Mm. Also, uh, not treat it as a project, but as, as a company and mm-hmm. as, as, a, as, a, as a full-time business at some point. Uh, and that's, that's what happened. Gradually, we all uh, fully dedicated ourselves to, to this. We took all the risks. Mm-hmm. And we started uh, working on all different uh, ends, like content creation, development, and uh, but also sales as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, what was that uh, trigger that you devoted your full time to the to the project? You know, it's when you know that something um, is. Um, I think it's something inside you that tells you that this you have to do this. Mm-hmm. You're you're into something big, and uh, you're you're into something uh, that will make the difference. So we all had this feeling inside us that we need to do something uh, that would improve the life, the daily life of expats. Mm-hmm. The triggers were, um, you know, we were we were the first users of our website. This 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 platform we created reflected our own lives and our in the lives of our friends and our network so the the whole trigger was um our market research was just going out and uh, talking and meeting uh, people mm-hmm. and uh, getting you know analyzing you know like um what we're doing of course we were discussing people but then we were analyzing <clears throat> those discussions and those informations okay we need to do something because everybody has the same needs and the same questions so mm-hmm. we need to take all these answers 
all this information and put it in one place. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Okay. <clears throat> you, uh, from there on, you started building. So what was the first, the first step which you took? What, where did you start building right in? Uh, our key, let's say, product is content. So we need all to dig into different... Um, we're all good in the internet, um, like in uh, research and um, digging into websites, uh, information. So the first was to create the content. Mm. <clears throat> and then at the same time to make sure that um, the aesthetics, the user interface uh, of the website is uh, as clear as possible. Back then, because it's about 11 years ago, uh, the websites were still ugly. Mm. Uh, most of the websites were ugly. Like the user interface was really bad. Mm. And we had a new generation of uh, millennials and uh, young people uh, affiliate with uh, social media. And it was right at the transition and tipping point that the um, website had to, had to, uh, had to uh, change their layout, their um, Mm -hmm. UX, UI, and also be active in social media. So that's that's that was our 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 focus. Okay, clear. Yeah. And how did you divide your roles within the leadership team from the start, or from your founding team back then? Yeah, that took that took a while to to have clear uh, roles. At the beginning, we were you know like a kind of multitasking, uh, but um, down the road um, uh, we we. You know, it was obvious where were our strengths, not so much also weaknesses, but mainly we, we, it was important to see where, where we are strong at, where we are more uh, motivated to, to work at. Mm -hmm. And um, that's, you know, like Serios was, uh, you know, like more into content, Panos and I more into communication, business, business development. But we were all kind of um, working together for uh, strategic, strategic matters. And, you know, it was like a kind of, um, we were like a young team of friends doing uh, all kinds of different things, putting like long hours every day and every night, <laughs> you know, I, I think it took a while until we say, okay, we have a, a structure and that's how we do things. Mm -hmm. Okay, clear. Yeah. So it, it uh, evolved very uh, organically uh, once, you, uh, once you scaled. Yeah. And uh, talking about the, the scaling, what were some of the, the key challenges of scaling your organization? We did not get uh, any external funding. Mm. So being uh, a bootstrap, uh, being uh, like uh, bootstrapping your, uh, your, your company uh, has, um, has a challenge, which is um, when's the right time for instance, to hire, hire your first mm. employees. Mm -hmm. because hiring means uh, you know you, you spend more and then you expect to, to, to get uh, some revenue uh, soon in order to, to justify your expenses uh, because without any external initial funding uh, it's, it's, it's tough to, to, to be in, the, in this uh, in this position. Uh, I think that was the, that was the biggest challenge to decide the moment that uh, we are uh, to say okay we are ready to hire our first employees mm -hmm. and uh, reap the benefits because it was stressful at the beginning to, of course, um, bring more people in. But in, in the end, it was like a great relief for us mm -hmm. to have other people and delegating and assigning different tasks. Um, mm -hmm. And um, how did you uh, recruit? Where, where did you recruit your um, 
Yeah, that was um, not such a challenge for us because of the community we had. Mm-hmm. So it was quite easy to find people that could uh, go behind our mission. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a lot of people excited to to be part of uh, of what we are doing. Uh, essentially, you know, uh, we were helping uh, thousands, millions of uh, you know like users who are accessing our website. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we had we had a strong mission statement and um, uh, already a platform, yeah. uh, popular social media. So uh, yeah, just. By posting a, a vacancy there, it was uh, we had uh, enough uh, interest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Clear. Interesting. And and then yeah, your team uh, sort of expanded. How did you and your your co-founder sort of experience uh, the transition from being a, a founder to a manager? That's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, um, because that's uh, that's I think a challenge everybody uh, faces. You know, someone has an idea to start a company, so um, you might have all the skills to uh, work on your idea, build a product, build a website, build a service, whatever it is we are working on, and then at some point you have a team and you are called to be a people manager. Um, and that could be a challenge for many people. And that's when um, I think that's the point when you need to seek for uh, advice because that that's uh, that's an essential skill an entrepreneur and a founder needs in order to scale uh, and grow his or her business. Mm-hmm. So in our case, uh, it's um, you know I think like in any challenge. The most important thing is to to share and not be because the entrepreneurial journey can be very lonely. Mm. Okay, that's a, that's a, that's a huge disadvantage that the entrepreneurs face. We can talk uh, all the time you want about how great it is, you know, people all you know like getting excited about starting uh, about startups and everything, but it's not an easy. It's not an easy road. It's not an easy journey, mm. and it can be as I said lonely. Mm. So I think. In, in, uh, you know, sometimes, especially the first stage, we felt, okay, uh, I need a manager to tell me what to do, <laughs> you know, <laughs> because taking all the load of decision making sometimes can be unbearable. Mm. So that's uh, why it's uh, good to have, uh, uh, you know, uh, people you can rely on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who are these people? These are your co-founders, uh, your friends, uh, your network of other entrepreneurs and co-founders that's also very important Mm -hmm. to create a network and circle of other people who uh, run businesses Mm. and your partner of course uh, girlfriend boyfriend Mm -hmm. Um, so these people can but just by sharing you can uh, get a lot back and uh, for uh, personally it helped me a lot uh, in uh, in getting to know how to manage people how to communicate mm-hmm. interesting and uh yeah because i also did some research on your uh, your linkedin profile <laughs> uh, and i uh, i saw that a lot of uh, connections uh, of yours uh, yeah really credit your uh, your team uh, team playing skills and i thought it was interesting that you also um, uh, really listen also to your peers to uh, sort of develop your own uh, team building uh, team building skills what what yeah. are sort of the key ingredients to your team strong team building skills? What, 
Uh, well, definitely, um, uh, many times we forget to listen. <clears throat> so I think um, actively uh, listening is, is, uh, is uh, it sounds easy, but it's, not, it's, it's, it's a skill to be able to pause and, and listen. That's, that's one. Two is uh, try, uh, to try to be uh, empathetic as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, this, this also, uh, also helps. Uh, what helped um, in building teams and bringing new people and motivate new people is uh, to start by trusting mm-hmm. people. So you don't, you don't uh, because the other approach is um, you wait until you trust someone until so someone has to prove herself or himself until you trust. That's one approach. The other approach is you trust first mm-hmm. and then you give this platform of um, expression and um, mm. people to try things. And then, of course, there's a whole uh, performance review and, you know, discussion and feedback session that you can, you can work on. But if you, tr- if you start by trust, uh, that's, I think, the ideal um, mm-hmm. a way to build a good relationship. Mm-hmm. Clear. And you now have uh, how many um, employees working for? Uh... We have 16, uh, 16 employees right now. 16 employees, okay. Yeah, but then at a certain point, you will have to professionalize your organization, right? I mean, you need to sk- in order to scale further. How do you look back? How do you look uh, toward that point? Uh, well, I think uh, we were quite good at. Um, creating structure uh, and a professional way of uh, working. So from the very beginning, even, even before, even before we have our first hires, uh, you know, I still remember we had our, you know, our weekly meetings uh, and agenda and everything, even if it was like among friends, but we were, you know, like seriously mm-hmm. keeping notes and uh, being very professional about it. It wasn't such a challenge. I think it was. Uh, it was uh, for, for us. We liked having, um, uh, you know, uh, young people at the beginning, and you know, for us, having people in the team was also were always people from our community, mm. and it was important to, you know, get this fresh perspective, ideas, and also ambassadors. You know, like people who were. You know, like being involved in in what we were doing in the events we we're organizing. You know, they were like becoming ambassadors and uh, you know, like uh, talking more about what we do. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And then, what are your yeah, so your future ambitions with I am Expat Media? I mean, you have a big presence here in the Netherlands. You are the leading. Uh, yeah, the, the, the concept has expanded uh, recently. The last uh, few years, we always had the ambition to. Um, to be able to reach and help more people. In 2019, we launched the uh, IMX, but in Germany. So we, we launched uh, a similar platform helping the international community living in Germany. Mm. So um, by doing that, we, we take all our learnings, our insights, our know-how from the, by operating the quite mature, very mature expert uh, community and expert market in the Netherlands and um, doing, um, doing the same in Germany, but also by adjusting 
in the, in the in the culture there. So that was uh, that was the first step of uh, our ambition to expand uh, globally. Mm-hmm. Uh, we aim to do this uh, not by having not by having a website for every single country, mm. but by selecting um, uh, expat friendly destinations, as we call them. Okay. So um, our our short term goal is to uh, be active in other countries as well. Mm-hmm. Clear. That's really uh, really interesting. So I would like to also um, ask you or for our listeners some some entrepreneurial piece of advice uh, to my uh, to my peers, to my uh, yeah to to the students at the Erasmus University. First of all, in your bio uh, on on your LinkedIn, it also mentioned that. Uh, a sort of quote. So time is the true currency of life. So I always try to make the most out of it. Uh, what does this uh, quote mean to you? And and how did you get to this observation? Mm. Yeah. First of all, as a, as a, as a tip, what um, what happens in our generation a lot because. Um, also, while studying and also starting IMX, but we were in this um, bombardment of news, of uh, mm. you know, entrepreneurship, uh, success stories, think big, quick wins, <laughs> creating this, um, of course, motivation, but at the same time, a little bit of uh, stress mm. of achieving things fast. So, and that was also kind of our battle, also at IMX, but mm-hmm. because we were always uh, thinking, okay, we should grow faster and faster. And definitely, you know, growing faster is the, is the way to go, you know, uh, gives you the sense of achieving, achievement, uh, yeah. Mm. Um, but building something uh, the way you want and uh, uh, something of quality, uh, it it can take time, mm-hmm. so I think um, being being patient mm-hmm. and thinking of what you do as a, not necessarily a sprint but as a marathon, it's uh, it's it's one of my uh, what I learned and what I always uh, advise other people. Yeah, oh, really interesting. And and what is then the role of the work life balance in that regard? Um, for me is, uh, I'm, 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 I'm in favor of, of a hardworking mentality, meaning that, uh, and talking about, about entrepreneurial, you know, mind people, some, some who want to start something on their own. Mm-hmm. I believe that they need to hustle at the beginning, at least, meaning there is no, no nine to five that, you know, it's something you're passionate about. Uh, f- for me, it's like, it's fine. So if I have friends who, you know, it, it happens, you know, I, now I have friends who start their own uh, business and they tell me, you know, I work so much, you know, I tell them it's okay. You know, it's, it's normal. Mm-hmm. It, it don't, don't feel bad about it. If you, if you constantly think about your idea, it, it, it's normal. If you, if, if you don't do that, then maybe you're not passionate enough. Mm. Okay, um, at the same time, uh, what we also learn and what's also tricky to, to keep uh, account for is uh, to take care of yourself at the same time. 
because we are, uh, uh, you know, uh, human beings uh, have a certain capacity in decision, in good decision making per day. Okay, so we believe we can, uh, I mean, basically we can make decisions every day, like every moment we can make a new decision, small, big, whatever. Making good and correct this or good decisions, let's say, mm-hmm. is another thing. And I, this is where we have a certain capacity. And that's why we always need to uh, take care of our, um, of our mental and physical health mm-hmm. and also learn our capabilities and our capacity. Mm-hmm. That's difficult because every person has a certain... So there is no, um, you learn by doing, but mm. you need to be aware. Mm. Uh, you need to be aware, you need to avoid burning out yourself. Mm. So uh, it's, I think again, it's always uh, if you have people close to you because they can see warning signs. Mm. Sometimes you you won't realize if you're into into something, sometimes you don't realize and other people can, can, uh, can see that. Yeah, okay, clear. Um, can I ask you one one more last question? I, yeah. I will really make it short because uh, yeah, time is running out. Um, yeah, so the whole pot, the whole uh, purpose of this podcast is to sort of also um, uh, discover whether entrepreneurship is a skill or a natural ability. What is your perspective on that? <laughs> that was a big uh, big debate. <laughs> Uh, big debate in uh, in our in our in our, I still remember in our masters. I thought at the beginning that's something you can learn, <clears throat> but um, now I tend to see some people, some characteristics. Some, uh, I, I I I I I tend to believe nowadays that you're you were born with some characteristics mm-hmm. that um, really create these circumstances and these triggers to that actually drive you so i do believe that it's not for everybody not not i'm not saying as a elitistic or you know like selection kind of process but there are certain characteristics that you either have or not mm-hmm. and of course you can be trained and that's what the university did and the master did you know mm-hmm. and in, in in my case i think uh, those studies those books i i read just brought some characteristics in the surface that mm. I had, but perhaps I wouldn't know that I have. Um, so it's, you know, it's a difficult uh, question, but mm-hmm. I, I tend to believe that there are some, some people have, uh, have, have those character characteristics, let's say more, more in the surface. Yeah. Okay. Than others. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's a very uh, clear answer. Uh, thank you so much for uh, for your time, uh, Nikos. I uh, have nothing more to add to this conversation. Uh, oh, thank you. We're already talking about one, uh, about an hour. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, time is passing by very quickly. Um, but yeah, thanks. Thank you so much, uh, Nikos. Um, really appreciate your time and uh, very interesting uh, sh- sharing your interesting story and your uh, entrepreneurial piece of advice. Um, so thank you so much and have a great day. Thank you, Tis, as well. Uh, very interesting questions and uh, wish you great success uh, on your uh, podcast. <laughs> Thank you very much, Nikos. Have a great day. Bye.